This is the world of Salesforce and Dropbox, HubSpot and Evernote, a world unthinkable without cloud software services. Most businesses and consumers use SaaS every day to get work done. Driven by the internet and ever-expanding availability of bandwidth, SaaS has come to dominate our lives in a very short span of time. But developing a defining service, often ahead of its time, getting users to engage, secure funding, protect IP, and building a truly remarkable and successful SaaS is not an easy task. SaaS Stories brings conversations with the dreamers and visionaries who dare to think ahead. How they build their SaaS, genesis, struggles, trials, tribulations, and eventually success. Welcome to SaaS Stories. Thank you for your time and for joining us on this session. I have a favor to ask. While you continue to listen to the podcast, please leave a comment or rating at iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts from. I personally look at each comment and will give a shout out to each of you in our next episodes. It means a lot to hear from you. Welcome to this third episode of SaaS Stories. Today, we have with us Karthi Mariappan, co-founder and CEO of Hippo Video, a personalized video distribution platform. So uh, we strongly believe in video is the next segment. So it was earlier sort of a trend for people. Now it has become an essential skill. So we see a bigger opening there. So we wanted to capture the mind share of the people. So we are strongly working towards that. And of course, all the video companies are working towards that. <laughs> so we are pushing ourselves faster than that. And we have done a recent tech breakthrough where we could bring down the cost of personalization less than 12x about uh, what we did earlier, which was again 5x less than we did. So such amount of cost leverage we are able to bring because of technology. And we are seeing a good adoption because of that in video as campaigns, uh, except for mid-market or enterprise being on pause. But SMB has been a bigger trove coming into us. Lot of people are adopting. So I would say people have started reimagining what sales is. They are moving to virtual selling. And for that, videos is going to help them a lot. So we have seen a huge, I uh, should say, 10x adoption in our platform in the recent days. Karthi, an alumni of University of Madras and XLRI Jamshedpur, was a part of Zoho since the days of AdventNet and has worked with them for 15 years. In 2016, Karthi founded Hippo Video and is heading product management, marketing and support. Hippo Video is a personalized video distribution platform that helps you easily create personalized videos and distribute them through multiple channels. As a company, they emphasize on making videos accessible and easy to use. Now, on to this surprisingly open and insightful episode with Karthi Variappan, co-founder and CEO of Hippo Video. Karthi, welcome to SaaS Stories. I'm delighted to have you uh, on the show. Uh, Hippo Video is uh, a great story, actually. And uh, I'm like uh, really waiting to know how you sort of traveled this path and how you reached where you are today. Welcome. Yeah. Thanks, Subhanjan, for having you. Sorry, having me here. Uh, and uh, it's good to talk to people like you and tell about our story. So uh, tell me, how did you, how did the Hippo video journey start? You were in uh, Zoho for a long time. Uh, and Zoho is a big success story. No question about it. Why did you decide that it was time for you to leave and start something of your own? Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, we were working in Zoho, the three founders, uh, myself, Srini and Neelam. 
uh, we were working with Zoho for 16 years from 2000 to 2016. And as people know, Zoho is a, a breeding ground for a lot of entrepreneurs. So even we have been called part of Zoho Mafia. So thanks to Zoho, especially in that way, because every team there, uh, you can think yourself as a small entrepreneur, where you have your own uh, budget, everything, you have to go find it out, success, kind of. So we have been breeded that way. So that entrepreneurial bug was within Zoho, and we wanted to move out on our own. We were discussing certain ideas, and thanks to inspiration like people like Girish or Rajaram and all, it was a great influence on us to try on our own, uh, to deliver something better software to the world. So when you decided that you will leave, uh, I am assuming that you were not worried about financial security. So when you went and told your family that I'm deciding to now leave Zoho, which is this rocket ship, and I'm going to start on my own, uh, what, what happened? Uh, it was really tough part on that, say, uh, especially with the family with two kids, uh, growing up kids, uh, each of us, each of the founder had two kids. And we were very well settled in Zoho, a nice job, nice challenges, etc. Of course, financially, we were also very well settled. So moving on, uh, it took a lot of time, uh, understanding ourselves, the needs, the projection, planning we need to do for the organization, for our own self, assuming what happens if you don't get any funding in the two years, what we will do. Kind of a lot of uh, uh, pre-planning went ahead. And of course, thanks to the family and friends who came in at the right moment to fund us initially and get started uh, was a bigger part there. Great. So, so I'll also step back a bit before you went to the family. How did three of you decide that, yes, three of us are going to do this startup? I mean, when did it happen? Was it like some brainstorming? You were having a cup of chai or what? What was happening? Um, so actually, we three uh, were into different teams basically at Zoho. So I was into Zoho Recruit. Uh, Neelam was into Zoho Sheet. And Srini was into the framework, SaaS framework. Uh, but we three were thick friends. Uh, of course, we have other friends who are still there. And we used to talk about different things in life, etc. And we three actually had complementing skills. So I was into product management strategy. While Srini is a CTO, uh, clear-cut tech guy, hmm. can crack things. And Neelam is an operations guy as well as a scale guy. He knows how to level the field, get hmm. it growing. So we three actually complemented. So... That gave us a lot of confidence hmm. and we discussed a couple of ideas, brainstorming and then we decided into LMS to start off. So what primarily the, Sorry, yeah. carry on. Sorry, so carry primarily on. because I was into HR, so LMS was a natural extension. Right. So that's how. And what were the other ideas you guys were brainstorming at that point? Uh, so we were brainstorming a couple of uh, other ideas as well. Uh, uh, one of them was uh, more into what I would call as an app hmm. uh, for connecting people. Uh, based on some group on inspiration then. Okay, okay. So kind of ideas also right. we tried. Uh, then we did an, uh, 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 what I would call it as, as an onboarding part alone. That also we tried, just an onboarding. So we had a couple of ideas being discussed. And how much money did you guys uh, decide that we'll, you'll need to pull in and how did you pull in that initial cash? So uh, the initial cash, so we thought we'll have a runway, a minimum of 18 months okay so we had our uh, mindset of like how the team will be split 
of course the three founders will not take any salary hmm. for the 18 months was the initial idea hmm. uh, then we thought like we'll have a like team of five or six people hmm. so we had an early budget of uh, like how much it may take hmm. so maybe a three to four lakhs per month was okay. our initial idea so we had an uh, uh, corpus of around 80 lakhs okay when we started off and right. it was pulled from our own pockets as well as some of our friends were angel and so what happened in these 18 months what did you plan and what did you achieve uh it was totally uh, different actually right <laughs> so we initially started off with lms as i sold uh-huh. uh, so we built the quiz component part of it then we built the learning management software the builder uh, then the course uh, delivery hmm. all those things then we went ahead and saw the market etc we wanted that we felt that video is an important trend rising up but none of the lms had the video part where tutors or the trainees can record video so that is when we started looking at uh, some of the existing players like mm. importantly kaltura mm. so we went and saw that like uh, we even talked to them and it was a shocker for us mm. because he gave me an estimate of like 10000 api calls that means 10000 recordings of some i don't remember some amount of minutes mm. was 50000 we didn't have that much money of course and this is which so, year this is 2017 or uh, 2016 end okay okay fine hmm. so we did not have that much money but hmm. we strongly felt that is going to be a clear differentiator hmm. so our tech architect uh, we told him like what could be done so he said give me two weeks we will try something and that is how we came up with that video component ourselves hmm. uh, and uh, when we actually started doing demos or uh, talking to people etc people were more interested in the video part than in the lms right unfortunately that moment of time like 2016 etc hmm. uh, edtech market was not a favorable market for hmm. anyone hmm. and it was too crowded and only enterprise was adopting so coming from a background of zoho uh, we wanted to break that and bring uh, the lms into mid market availability as well as assembly availability but nothing like that happened hmm. it was again into enterprise only we need to push ourselves mm. so that was the uh, time when we decided okay why can't we try putting this as a separate product of course we discussed with our mentor uh, girish and people like them mm. and they suggested okay let's do a parallel track and see what happens so what we did was out of the nine member team two of us me and the tech architect alone started working on this the rest were working on that so we came out with this product and put it outside and uh, then rest is what we are here okay. in the sense it was immediate opt-in i should say so when you decided that it it was uh, what what was the like the product like, that you could record your video and s- store it and send it or how what yes. was it so uh, the uh, the initial version we call it as a, a recording version okay basically you can capture your video through your uh, laptop hmm. and screen record as well okay and distribute it where we serve the video from our own servers so it is sort of like a loom yes that time yes. at that point yes. yes and it it was working through what through a, a chrome extension or something and chrome extension was another interesting story we huh. initially had only web version of it okay and uh, one of our common friend uh, so he was talking to us and uh, asking like he was having his own startup hmm. so he was talking to us on what is that you are doing then he suggested can you try in chrome extension because he was coming from the education background hmm. so he suggested try to put it in the 
Chrome extension stored right as it is in Chrome extension, and that again opened a floodgate. Right, right. So, so tell me, I mean, just we'll step back a bit. When you were uh, actually positioning the LMS and you were talking to enterprise while also showcasing this feature that you had at that time, which was inside your LMS. What was your go-to market strategy? What were you? How were you finding them? Who were we going and pitching? How were we doing that part? Um, so this LMS part, as I said, uh, uh, we initially thought it as as an uh, wanted to play an SMB in the mid market. We right. could not. So we started going behind a lot of enterprises through common contacts. Okay. That is how this education friend also came okay. into. Okay. 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 So we sort of contact based only we were able to go okay. initially because with the level of funding we did not have field sales. Right. It is the three founders who roam around the city, going around to Bangalore kind of things right. we used to do. Kind okay. of. And and what kind of companies were these? Uh, mostly uh, uh, software industry. Okay. So tech tech industry and yeah. you are basically going and meeting their HR. Yes, HR heads. Training L and D. HROs, yeah, train L and D mostly. So when when two of you went out and created this standalone product, uh, what did you now do? So once we started doing that, we found one interesting use case that came up immediately. Uh, actually, a uh, Zargat co-founder Naveen was the person. So he, the first five person we chose was one of them. So we went and showed him this is what we are building. So he came, immediately came up with a use case where they were finding it tough to explain issues or record issues from their customers. So support use case was the important use case, and we were also having that in mind. And immediately, people when we started talking to multiple people, they were immediately able to relate it, and they were willing to pay open the wallet for that. And so, so you figured out. So Zargate, you are so showing them as a what were you presenting him, uh, presenting him uh, uh, as what what were you positioning the product at that point when he said, oh, I can use this for support. Uh, so we positioned it as like uh, explaining uh, your solution. Okay. The agent can explain the solution. Okay. As well as ask the customer to record what's the issue and send it across. So it was still a support case. I mean, you were yes. still doing it for a support case. Yes. And so, so then, you, then what happened? Then Zarget told you this, and then what did you do? So then, what we did was uh, then others uh, extension we had put, hmm. and it opened the floodgates. We had multiple use cases coming in. Hmm. So people were asking in education, like for teacher uh, uh, assessment providing or students recording their assessments, support, mm. internal collaboration, mm. some sales use cases, mm. and somewhere like students recording it for their gaming YouTubers, mm. kind of, and mm. some freelancers who wanted to talk about their story to their clients, mm. kind of different use cases came. So, so that was the immediate uh, advantage we had by providing it as a Chrome extension. I have two questions now. One is that how were these people finding you, and two, why do you think they started use you and not use something like a Loom or a Vidyard or any of those other extensions, which were already sort of spending a lot of investor money in publicizing and promoting and marketing. Uh, so what we did was uh, in June two thousand seventeen, we had done that product hunt. Hmm. So we. Okay. So that was one important area. We opened up different use cases, hmm. and we actually positioned ourselves—the SEO part, hmm. the product part, everything—as a multiple recording scenario. Like hmm. Use Loom, hmm. uh, then it was called Use Loom. Hmm. Then, 
uh, Screencastify was there. Mm-hmm. So we had positioned ourselves as a screen uh, recording, free mm-hmm. screen recording. Mm-hmm. And we positioned strongly on the Chrome extension. Mm-hmm. So immediately within like 10 or 15 days, we became the top five. Okay. Because of some good reviews. So what we did was whoever reviews it, we gave them free. Okay. The premium version. Okay. Okay. So that kind of started increasing the reviews. Okay. So how, what happened? So you launched on Product Hunt. So let's talk a little bit about the Product Hunt launch. So Product Hunt launch, typically anybody can go and put a product. And then you get hunted by somebody who is already having followers. So w- what did you do actually? Uh, so we had a very good friend, uh, Kevin, hmm. Kevin Williams. Hmm. Uh, so he is a great hunter and he is the number one hunter in product. Hunt. Right. So we came to know through him like SaaS Boomi event. Hmm. When we were uh, attending that, we came across him. We had a nice chat. So we, then we told him like we are building something like this. Then he, he only introduced us to product. Hunt. Okay. It's the other way. Okay, okay. So he got very much interested in our product offline. Hmm. Then he said, you can go ahead with the product. So that's how he hunted us down. Tell me about some numbers. Now, through product hunt. So this was your first major public sort of exposure, right? Which was not driven by contacts or uh, known people or circle or any such thing. This was like unknown territory, unknown people looking at your product and your brand for the first time. Yes. Uh, So what kind of numbers did product hunt generate? So actually product hunt gave a couple of interesting things. One a valid customer base coming and reviewing it. Hmm. So we had around, if I'm right, 480 upwards around on the first day. Hmm. So which was very good, decent amount, I should say, at that point of time. So that gave us confidence. And we had a couple of interesting contacts. Hmm. We were able to track them down, understand, talk to them, provide our product for evaluation, kind of. So that also opened up on the business part. Okay. So how many people did sign up through the product hunt, according to you? Uh, that was around 130. If I'm right. Okay, that's good. That's that's very good. And yes. of these, there people are coming and writing uh, reviews and yes. all of that. Yes. Okay. Okay. And so at this point, was it a priced product or was it still a, f- a sort of a free freemium kind uh, of model? When we went with product and we had a pricing. Okay. And what kind of pricing was that? Uh, it was like we had an, uh, two pricing. One was monthly and then yearly. Hmm. Uh, monthly was around $5. Hmm. Yearly was around $30 something. Okay. That's very, very, very reasonable. So yes. why, So at this point, what was happening with your competitors? I mean, so-called competitors, Vidyard or BombBomb or any of these. Uh, so was it, was, was, were they your competitor then or uh, that time you were focused on some okay. other... Okay, uh, that was an evolution part. So right. we did come across Vidyard immediately when we started researching the video market. Hmm. So before we even we uh, opened up the product, we went ahead and studied what role we wanted to play. Hmm. So one thing was very sure, we did not want to place ourselves as a small tool hmm. or a feature on something existing. Hmm. So we wanted to position ourselves as a platform for videos hmm. for businesses. Okay. So, but we did not open that as platform for business, but we said for support. Hmm. So, uh, that time, I think three months before, our Loom had positioned themselves as only a tool, video recording tool. Hmm. So, we were very clear that we should not position ourselves because hmm. we had thought about Kaltura, we had thought about Brightco, Vidyard. Hmm. So, that was the aim there, but we did not have the features to match them. Hmm. But that was our goal then. Then what happened? Were you now getting ready? How far have you spent your 80 lakhs that you had by now? So by June 2017, we were almost uh, done. Okay. We were almost done. Uh, Hmm. 
we had like three or four months of runway. Then okay. only we went for the seed round. Okay. okay. It was done by KE Capital. Right. And how how large was that round? Um, so round was around less than a million. Okay. When you raised that money, how much did you allocate towards marketing, and how much was towards your maintaining of the team and? Uh, so marketing, uh, we did not allocate much on that because we were very sure the product is the key. So we wanted to build the product. So most of them was allocated for the product building. So marketing, uh, we were positioning ourselves uh, coming from Zoho's background. We were all strong in content SEO kind of. So we started building a marketing team specifically for content etc. Okay. Even today, we are very strong in that. SEO. Okay, okay. And and how large is your marketing team today? Today, it's around 14 people. Oh, that's nearly one-fourth of your uh, uh, yeah. entire entire team. I, yeah. I, I believe you are about 66 people yes, yes. now, correct? Yes. So, so 14, yeah, that's, that's quite, uh, quite, quite good. It's time for a short break. Hippo Video decided that they wanted to create a reasonably priced option to one of the leaders in the category, Vidyard. I asked Karthi, why were people signing up? Was it because it was priced lower or because of the positioning as a support tool? Karthi explains as we come back from the break. Stay with us. You are listening to a Business Podcast Network original. Podcasting is the fastest growing content marketing opportunity, which is untapped. We can help you craft your audio strategy and help leverage the wide reach and easy streaming capability that the smartphone penetration provides. It is easy, it is powerful and personal. Talk to us to find out how podcasting can help you build your brand and reach out to your targets like never before. Write to us at bpn at bizcast.in that is bpn at b-i-z-c-a-s-t dot i-n Business Podcast Network. Podcasts end to end. Welcome back. Right before the break, I asked Karthi, why were people signing up? Was it because it was priced lower or because of the positioning as a support tool? Here is how it unfolded. You had set your target that you will build something like Vidyard and and you had a product which didn't have as many features. So you were reasonably priced so people can try it out and 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 all that so what has been your learning there so as people were signing up were they signing up because it was cheaper product or because your positioning as a support tool there we had uh, one important problem uh, so there we had been actually uh, made thin i should say in the sense we had education coming in we had support coming in we had freelancers coming in mm. internal collaboration Instead of focusing on one, we started doing features for all four. Okay. That period of time. Hmm. So that was a big mistake at hindsight. We should have still focused on business alone, but we let ourselves driven by the customers. Okay. That point of time. That six months or eight months, we were building it for education. We were building it for support. We were building it for freelancers and for premium as well. So we were driven in all the ends. Okay. Then we had to regroup ourselves and say, no, we will focus only on the business part hmm. and focus directly at people like Bityard kind of people, not just an layer in between, Bloom or Bityard. Hmm. So, so what, what actually happened? I mean, was it that you were, you were spending a lot of time and there was not a lot of success? 
So, uh, say to give you an example on education, hmm. uh, it was super initial traction. Hmm. But if you wanted to scale it up a little higher, you hmm. need to do a field sale. Hmm. That was uh, not our cup of tea then. Hmm. As well. That was one problem we had. Hmm. And by spreading ourselves too thin, the product was not growing fast. Hmm. Building those essential pieces for businesses. Right, right. So that was a caught in between. Okay. So when you focused on business, where where was the focus still on support or you are now thinking of other other elements of the business? Yes. We started building the marketing features, like mm. basically the hosting mm. kind of features, tracking analytics, all those things we started building. Okay. So that was the second segment we started building. So after this eight months is now over and now you have refocused yourself on the business cases. How how is your sign up happening now? Is it through that same marketing content driven inbound, or are you doing something else? Uh, so we did not start our paid marketing uh, till late of 2018 or early 2019, I should say. Okay. So till that time, we were focused more on SEO as well as this premium. Okay. So we built a premium product, hmm. and we had a very good branding from that. So we did not cut down the education or other segments, but mm. we had branded ourselves in all those videos mm. or wherever they distribute mm. kind of. So yeah. that kind of spread the word for us. So that is how we started getting a lot of traffic to our system. Okay. And kind of this market category, which is sort of new, though people may think uh, from outside there are too many players. No, it is not so. So you can segment it into three uh, uh, set of people. One, the legacy players like Kaltura, Brightco people hmm. who are all into majorly into OTT hosting right. kind of. Right. Then uh, you have the Vidya kind of people who are trying to edge out the existing legacy leaders. Hmm. Only one, I should say, Vidya, etc. Hmm. Then the lower players who are trying to do one particular use case. Like, like Loom, BombBomb hmm. or even Bonjaro. Hmm. Everyone had one particular use case as their reporter. Hmm. But we wanted to position ourselves as a video platform for business. As I said, from initial thing itself, we were sure we wanted to become the video platform. So that kind of actually uh, made people look for videos and there were a lot less players that they can rely on. And we were among that top five or 10 from the initial days itself because the market was just booming up. So that was the case. Okay. And it really helped us. Okay, so, so 2019, we are in 2019 now and uh, your positioning is clear. So what kind of users, paying paid users were you having at this point, early 2019? It's mostly SMBs. Okay. Mostly and, SMBs. And, and it's global? Yes, mostly US. 85%, I should say, from US. How did that happen? How did you market yourself uh, to the SMBs in US? What, what, was, the, what, what was the thrust? For that, so the, the thrust, as I said, the paid marketing did not help hmm. much, much. Hmm. So we did not venture into that. So it was mostly content-driven, uh, influencer marketing. Hmm. Uh, we had a lot of uh, webinar series coming up in the 2019 period. Hmm. So we started creating that thought leadership kind of activities. Okay. So which directed a lot of traffic to us. And the second important one was integrations. Okay. So we did a lot of integration. Like if you, uh, if you see our product today, we are around 70 integrations in our product. Right from support systems, help desk systems like uh, Freshdesk, 
Zendesk, Intercom, you can name it. Or email systems, Outlook or uh, Gmail or even any other email systems you can think about that was there. Then we had CRMs. So we had different segments attached to it. So we had traffic coming in from that as well. Okay, so so in the integrations you did and you went into their app uh, marketplace and you listed there. Yes. So that yes. whole whole exercise you did. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, tell me a little bit about the influencer marketing. How did that work? So influencer marketing. So uh, we initially started off understanding like uh, there was one important switch we did. Uh, we moved from support marketing to sales focus, sales workflow focus. Okay. So that was a huge thrust we set inside our marketing itself hmm. not focus on total business per se that was another important learning right within the business itself we were spreading ourselves too thin right then we said okay which is the important use case people are coming for hmm. so we listed we understood our data understood our customers we had some interviews etc hmm. then we decided sales workflow is one important focus area we want to work on then we decided how we want to get ourselves out in the market hmm. then we started approaching the influencers in sales okay primarily from the us etc hmm. talking to them bringing them to our webinars or we participating in their webinar kind of activities so that uh, was can you name some of them uh, people who are uh, john barrows jeffrey gitomer jeb lawn okay okay amy franco okay okay all, all the known names i mean yes uh, i have been talking to some of them as well so, so how many users did you have this early 2019 when you were rolling out all these exercises and you are now focused on the sales component? Uh, how many uh, users did you have at that time? Uh, so when you talk about users, we were around 400,000 users, including the free and all. Okay. So there was a lot of traffic, inbound traffic. Okay. Okay. But if you look at the uh, customers days, it was into hundreds, SMBs. Okay. And, but it will have multiple users, right? Yes. Yes. So, of, of this, how what would be the like? Will it be in like thousands or ten thousands or how many will be your paid seats? Uh, no, no, no. It's in hundreds only. No, hundreds is the is the company. Even uh, it was average for like two to three users. Okay, plus. okay. So it will be less than thousand. Yes. Okay, okay. And at this point, how much pricing were you at? So uh, from thirty dollars so annual, where have you come now? Uh, so we were into nineteen dollars per month. Okay, that's per month and annual. Annual was around, we had like $190, 10 okay. months. Right, right, right. Okay. Per, per user. Yes. Okay. Wonderful. So at this stage, now that you have got some traction, you have lots of, uh, you know, freemium users. What did you do next to bring it to where you are today? Uh, so one important, as I said, sales workflow was one. Hmm. Then we started uh, building our own personalization engine, basically. Hmm. Because from the start, we understood to penetrate the videos into the market to make it more engaging. So video by itself is more engaging hmm. than your text. Correct. But how do you make it more relevant was hmm. the biggest question. So we uh, built our own technology, uh, our own full stack technology, uh, wherein you could personalize the videos with the data about the user, bringing in relevant content for the user. These okay. two were important tech breakthroughs we did so that was the other important aspect. So we built a, a vertical stack, like the basic framework, which is editing or whatever this. Then we had built the workflow. And above that, we brought in the personalization layer. Okay. So that brought in a big change for us in the mindset of the people who are approaching us. 
so it was not a price game we play hmm. it's more of how engaging we are able to deliver the videos so when did you decide that okay now to to sort of push it into the next orbit we need to bring in personalization and what kind of thoughts were there which uh, sort of helped you to uh, because you you are the product uh, person product visionary yeah. then so one important one important aspect uh, that we wanted to do personalization was uh, of course on the how what is the current problem the sales users are facing is basically they wanted to stand out in the thousands of emails they want to outreach and even if you send out video how do you actually believe, make them the recipient believe like they have taken some effort to understand me right so that kind of personalization we wanted to bring in into the system and the personalization per se actually helped us move up upscale into mid market as well okay so that was the two reasons we started building the personalization and how did you sort of decide to execute it what was your solution that you built which sort of so we are a tech first company or a product first company you should say so mm. we started building the product by interviewing people etc then we did some couple of beta uh, to couple of our existing customers hmm. understood whether it is fine for them whether it is delivering value for them etc hmm. once we did that then we announced the launch of it the personalization launch hmm. by uh, sending out emailers hmm. doing some our own uh, linkedin posts kind okay. of thing okay that's how we started and so and how does it actually f- show up in your product what does the product do to personalize it for example if i want to send you a video what would what would hippo video allow me to do okay uh, so it will uh, we have different types of personalization uh, so when you want to send me a video the video uh, of course will have your face whatever it is or if you are sending an explainer video you can include the text about me the transactions i did with you earlier hmm. kind of activities some images you can send it okay some videos also personalized to give you an example we are working with an ota hmm. so the use cases uh, they want to do campaigns where someone has dropped off the funnel they know some details about them what kind of details they had now that goes inside the video okay each of those person gets the destination different the costing different so destination right. means images or videos costing is basically the data so all those we are personalized for that particular person alone right that is how we started so where are you today how many users and what's your mrr or arr uh, whatever you can share so we are nearing that million range now okay. Okay. arr not okay. mrr right right <laughs> arr range okay uh, but uh, our focus has been uh, strongly into the smb till date okay so we are breaking ourselves into the mid market recently and unfortunately with the covid everything has been on the pass for now right but we are seeing a good pipeline building in that angle i should say right the right. so users have crossed thousands how did your focus on smbs actually work out again i mean i'm again going back to the marketing question that was it because of the content you were building they were very smb focused or was it because your initial traction was in smb so word of mouth was helping how how did your focus on smbs work actually so focus on smb primarily seo seo content content was the key okay okay so so let's talk about the content a bit what kind of planning did you do initially and who was actually doing it was it you or uh, someone else or uh... Uh, so we have our head of marketing nikhil hmm. uh, so he was himself an entrepreneur okay 
So he had that verb to go into content. So we, we were coming from Zoho. We know right. content is the important pillar. Yeah. So we started building it early itself. When we okay. started yeah. building LMS itself, we were very strong in content. Okay. At that time itself, Hippo LMS was ranging in the first page for okay. LMS. Okay. So we started having a different team. So one working on uh, blogs, one working on uh, health, one working on the outside contributions, hmm. one working on uh, going into Quora kind of activities. So we did a lot of content activities. So typically in a given month, what all are you producing today? How many pieces of content? How many pieces of videos? How many Quora questions? So blog articles around 5 to 7. Per month? Uh, per month. Okay. And these are all like long form or short? Uh, long. Mostly. Long okay. Mostly long. Okay. Hmm. Mostly long. Uh, then LinkedIn post, we have a separate SM guy uh, hmm. so who sits and creates a lot of content. Hmm. Then Quora, we'll be answering like hundreds, I should say. Okay. So that kind of activity also too. Hmm. Then the content distribution as well. We write for some other people. Okay. Give it to them post in other important uh, sites, etc. So that also we have a person. So these are people who are basically focused on video communication or sales, either subject or yes. technology, right? Yes. yes. Uh, sales will be the primary segment, then okay. video as a sub segment. So where are you headed now? What, what is COVID going to do this year? And uh, what do you see? Where do you see yourself, say, six months from now? So COVID, uh, uh, except for mid-market or enterprise being on pause, but SMB has been a bigger trove coming into us. Lot of people are adopting. So I would say people have started reimagining what sales is. They are moving to virtual selling. And for that, videos is going to help them a lot. So we have seen a huge, I uh, should say, 10x adoption in our platform in the recent days. Wow. Of creation of videos, etc. Okay. Traffic has increased like 4x. Okay. So that amount of uh, traffic is coming in because of COVID. And what about conversion? How is that impacting conversion today? Uh, the conversion remains the same, almost. Okay. Okay. Whatever we had earlier, there is not much of improvement in the conversion per se. Okay. So we are working on that. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. But obviously, more people are coming in and more people are checking it out. More people are using it. So some amount of stickiness would somewhere yes. help you convert. I mean, so, I think... Yeah, okay. earlier, if 100 people came, hey, X were converting. Now, 1,000, 10X. So right. that X is happening, right. but not the conversion percentage is Got it, got it. That's great. So, so what is your uh, now plan for the next six months? What, is, what are you guys focused on? So, uh, we strongly believe in video is the next segment. So, it was earlier sort of a trend for people. Now, it has become an essential skill. Right. So, we see a bigger opening there. Hmm. So, we wanted to capture the mind share of the people. So, hmm. we are strongly working towards that. And of course, all the video companies are working towards that. So, we are pushing ourselves faster than that and we have done a recent tech breakthrough where we could bring down the cost of personalization less than 12x about uh, what we did earlier, okay. which was again 5x less than we did. Right. So, such amount of cost leverage we are able to bring because of technology and we are seeing a good adoption because of that in video as campaigns. Right. So, there is sales videos, then you have videos in campaigns. That is one trust area we are focusing. Okay. And for the next six months, you want to focus on that? Yes. And and what kind of revenue growth are you looking at or are you sort of focusing on getting? Uh, we are focusing on getting a lot of good logos into the system for the campaigns. Okay. Okay. That's Great. our immediate focus for the next. Right. So, so you have enough relevant uh, reference points and yes. referrals and 
stuff like that okay so what what do you see the next opportunities if you are if you are starting up today and you are not uh, heading hippo video what what kind of what kind of areas would you be looking at of course going back to uh, our own starting point of lms okay. we see now lms market a tech market in mm. percent yeah. is on the rise right so is it temptation that let's go back and rebuild <laughs> that product <laughs> no no actually we engineer one of the world class product or oh, uh-huh. sorry uh, we uh, provide them video solutions basically okay so kind okay. of satisfaction that way sure 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 karthi thank you so much yes um, uh, but okay before i let you go would you like to say something that i have not asked one thing for sure hmm. uh, who are the listener is uh, one thing as an entrepreneur you keep having your ears open eyes open everywhere because there could be different opportunity coming up which is could be adjacent before or after whatever you are doing catch on to that not everybody has stuck to the original idea hmm. there are only few people so people have should have the mindset of pivoting whenever it is necessary that's great all. and that triggers another thought in me so i'll have another question for you sure uh, you had some good mentors yes uh, i'm sure you mentor some youngsters today what yeah. is the role of mentors uh, in you know helping a startup become successful um so here i would like to talk about my mentor uh, girish so one thing i learned from him as a mentor was he did not provide us tactical ideas hmm. it was more of strategical ideas and left us for us to find ourselves some answers it's hmm. not like giving answers to them but giving some strategic post these are the posts you will come across these are the things you should take care hmm. so that was very helpful so play your own play but still get some guidance you know i have this uh, discussion with lots of uh, friends who are in investment and who are running startups and so on disproportionate amount of attention is given to fundraising and very low attention is given to revenue that's all will be changing now with the covid coming in already we see that change wherever we go for some webinars mm. or seminars etc where people are talking about profitability that's a good sign that's an important sign for everyone including the entrepreneurs community because we have to serve as a business which is profitable great sas stories is brought to you by pitchlink the buyer seller engagement platform pitchlink enables high quality interactions between buyers and sellers through presentation and discussion modules Sellers create personalized sales presentations and reach out to prospects through a non-intrusive buyer qualified engagement. Pitchlink requires no installation or download and holds the entire repository of sales collaterals and buyer seller conversation. Talk to us to know more about how you can engage with customers without intrusion. Call us on 9902163132. That is 9902163132. karthi that's a great point to end this thank you yeah. so much uh, yeah. i would love to continue to talk to you as your uh, you know maybe in 6 months uh, we'll talk again and see sure. where you are and some more learnings that you may have and yeah. uh, thank you very much for being open and sharing and answering all my questions without any uh, hesitation at all thank you thank i wish you all the best and yeah. and and thanks for coming on the show coming up in the next episode is another in depth and data rich conversation with rishi kulkarni co-founder of revsales Uh, we have a conviction of what 
market needs to go towards or where a user experience needs to be and here is where there is a process that we can pl- put in place to discover a market and solve the problem right so largely it's like a combination of these these two three things wherein uh, a strong belief on how we can execute um uh, um uh, conviction of of what's broken and what we want to fix and uh, just the ability to execute it in terms of process and that's how red sales started so it's it really didn't start with a with a problem statement in mind it started with more of a process in mind and that's where me and sami started in 2018 we have a fantastic lineup over the next couple of episodes with great conversations featuring shruti kapoor of wingman jagat ayer of witphone Ravi Trivedi of Push Engage and many more. Subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you do not miss a single episode. Thanks for listening. SaaS Stories is brought to you by Pitchlink, the buyer-seller engagement platform, SaaS Insider, the definitive community for global SaaS and is a Biscast original production. Thank you for being with us today and listening to this episode of SaaS Stories. This is where I speak with the dreamers and visionaries who dare to think ahead and build world-class SaaS products. We hope this conversation helped you with the insights that you can go and apply right now to your own SaaS journey. We hope to have you here with us again in the next episode of SaaS Stories. SaaS Stories is brought to you by Pitchlink, the buyer-seller engagement platform. SaaS Insider, the definitive community for global SaaS and is a Bizcast original production. Thank you.